0: Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true-life stories about sex told by audience members at Smutslams around the world. Smutslam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows, founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smutslam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Your Life is Awesome. My name is Cameron Moore. I'm the founder of Smutslam International and your podcast host. If you're a long-time listener, welcome back. If you're new, oh boy, you are in for a treat. Um, people wonder sometimes where do we get the material for these amazing Episodes of Your Life is Awesome. We get them live and raw, recorded fresh at in person smut slams around the world. And if you somehow wandered in here and you don't know what a smut slam is, let me tell you it's community, dirty storytelling, open mics. And how people tell their stories, they just drop their name in the bucket right there at the front door. When they walk in, we ask them, Hey, do you want to tell a story tonight? Sometimes they say, Fuck no. And sometimes they say, Hell yes. Other times they say, I don't know, and they change their minds in the middle of the slam, and those are always the most fun because, like, they really don't know why they decided to put their name in there, but they boldly go forward and tell anyway and we get amazing shit that way. So that's that's how we get our stories here at your life is awesome. All the material in today's episode uh was recorded at the April Slam in Berlin. The theme was clueless, which makes for some truly truly empathetic seat clutching as our tellers fumble their way through some wild situations. It's just Yeah, you know, sometimes you're just wandering, like, wandering around in the world of sex and it's amazing that you got out alive. That's what I'm talking about. In between the stories today you'll get some lucky dips from the fuck bucket. That's where we collect anonymous questions and confessions from our audience members and I do my level best to answer those questions and read the confessions with the respect and or humor that they deserve. So keep an ear out for those. Those those definitely go places. So relax and let our collective wisdom and Weirdness wash over you We'll see you on the other side Oh I am frustrated Because I can't find a position in my room For my mirrors to reflect my bed When we're fucking I, I feel like I feel like there has to be some like home Decorator Somebody you can hire To come in and make your bedroom more sexy Right like, I want the mirrors different. I want the, the, the ivy to hang a certain way, you know, like, I want more flowers with really obvious genitalia, you know, like that sort of thing. Do most people douche every time before anal sex? I don't know about most people. I definitely do. Those of you who douche before anal sex, give a round of applause. <laughs> We don't have a benchmark to go. We don't know how many people have anal sex in here. So we don't really know how many people are just like, yes, stick it in. I don't care. Um, So I don't know. It's done. Do it. Like, it's it's a nice gesture. (laughs) <laughs> I came out to one of my former flatmates as a femdom enthusiast. Now she's kind of mad at me for going around cleaning Dom's flats where when our old vegae always looked like a mess. <laughs> you've got to have the incentives in place. I mean, honestly, like, you've got to know what... what, what those doms should be, like, being nice about it. say, like, clean your own damn house before you clean mine. Confession. I once made out with a guy just because we shared a first name. <laughs> I didn't know that you need a reason for that, but if you need a reason to feel, like, not guilty about it, then okay. That's okay.
1: I... Yeah, I'm pretty naive, uh, clueless. Um, I'm learning that that's a lot to do with the neurodivergent part of me, that my brain wires one way and then most of the population a different way, and it's taken me a long time to work this out, and when I got here tonight, I was like, oh, what story do I want to tell? Wank bank wank bank yeah, and I remembered this story that like brought me a lot of pleasure for many years on my own after pleasuring, um, and now I look back and I go, oh, of course, that's because uh, brain wiring stuff. So, 1994, I was working in an ice cream shop in Melbourne, scooping ice cream. And the whole I was pretty young and the whole crew were pretty young, all university students, and we're all pretty silly and wild and drunk. Um,
2: <laughs> <Sorry>.
1: That's good. <laughs> and uh, there were these two super cuties who worked there. They lived together in a share house. And I... So this is the kind of divergent brain bit. What I think is playful and some people think is flirting... And then sometimes I think I'm flirting and other people are playful. But maybe you've all had that kind of experience sometimes. Are we being friendly or are we going to fuck? Um, and I thought I was being playful and friendly with these two uh, colleagues. And we were scooping and we were having fun. And we ended up in this kind of groove of pranking each other uh, quite a lot. There was like... Um, In Australia, they call it dacking. I don't know if there's an international word for that, where you pull down someone's pants. Panting. Panting. Yes, that's the international word, right. Uh, And, um, you know, like um, uh, plastic uh, snakes in their car and, um, I don't know, fun things. (laughs) Uh, So that went on for some months in this kind of just doing silly things to each other. And I thought I'd up it a bit and arrive at their door one evening naked. And I thought that would be <laughs> that would be just s- <laughs> such a funny thing to do. So I did, and I just like my clothes off, put my clothes aside. Knock, knock, knock. The two of them opened their door, and there's like, what? <laughs> what a prank, Jeremy! Uh, I hadn't thought after that and they're like come in like, well let's have a cup of tea and I'm like oh okay great so I'm there naked and we're they had a fire and we're sitting by the fire and we're doing cups of tea and then there was just a bit of like and uh, <laughs> and turned into them taking their clothes off and I was like oh oh I see uh-huh. Aha, <laughs> that and I'd probably um, been mostly vanilla and mostly and only really had sex with one person at a time before, and uh, wow, it was just so incredibly exciting to have these two bodies to play with and they play with my body, and we had an outstanding night of, of pleasure and, and, and connection and lusty shit. <laughs> I think the two bits that stood out for me was one of them had a very round butt. And I remember just lying on this futon on my back, and they lowered their face, they're not their face, they lowered their okay. butt onto my face, and I can feel the sensation now. It was just like marshmallow clouds. It was just <laughs> such a deeply erotic experience, and, and genitals and. Um, and now I recall, yeah. So the other person was on my genitals. That's right. That's that's what threesomes are so fun. There's a lot of there's a lot of genitals. And then and then the other standout bit was uh, I was in uh, Witness, like voyeur, at one point. I took a little break, and these two people were making out and being sexual and erotic with each other and. Uh, (laughs) it's just so amazing to see and to be turned on by seeing what people do and being turned on by their pleasure um, it was really incredible so that was the night well let's say actually the whole night and it it ended up the sun came up and we were still playing and kissing and having sex and I was pretty perky at the age of 23 or something I'm pretty perky now actually (laughs) <laughs> older um, <laughs> Sun came up. We had a great time. Maybe another cup of tea, and said good night, good night, goodbye to them and rode to my partner's place who lived down the road. And again, another naive moment of like, I'll just come in and drop in and say, hi. And they're like, hey, where have you been? It's like, I told them the story. And like, hey, get in the bed. And then we <laughs> had a few more hours of sex. Um, and that was sort of, yeah, early days of Polly and my introduction to threesomes and uh, just really set the pattern for the rest of my life. Uh, and always, always loving, um, yeah threesome, foursome, (laughs) group sex. Uh, Yeah, that's my story. Thanks for hearing me.
0: I have to say the shirt is borderline a costume for your story. It's just ice cream flavours all over everything. And uh, the reason why I laughed about, like, uh, about the drunk part, then I just kept laughing because it's such a college kind of thing of, like, it was an ice cream parlor. We were always drunk. I'm like, really? (laughs) It's an ice cream parlor. Oh, yeah, college. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then otherwise, it reminded me of, like, standard, like, lesbian operation instructions of, like, we don't know what's going on. Are we flirting? Are we just having a good time? This is a real thing, but it's not strictly, like, strictly, like, confined to lesbian action, right? It's, like, very much... uh, uh we they you get the stereotype for that but uh, it's a very real behavioral problem um, i'm going to put this i'm going to put this out to the going to put this out to the uh the audience here i think there's probably at least 3 people in the room who know something about this um i uh last year a date and i ended up fisting i just <laughs> I just I always think of fisting is something you should prepare for, but apparently not. Just whoop just ended up just ended up fisting. Um, it does it's not clear to me if this is fisting anally or fisting vaginally, but anyway, it was my first time doing it to someone and his time receiving his does that say first or tenth? Oh, that's a big difference. His something time receiving it. It was it was fun and everything. Uh, went well but for the next time what are important things to keep in mind while fisting (laughs) know where the lube bucket is and don't double dip once your hand has been in the butt do not use that same glove or same hand to pick up more lube you got to pick it up with a clean hand or a spoon okay don't contaminate your lube anybody have any thoughts I can't see you, so if you do want to shout it out, this is your perfect chance to be mostly anonymous at this point. Fisting tips.
1: Crisco.
0: Crisco! J Lube. X Lube. X Lube. So lots of lube, lots of ways. We got one over there, Aaron. Clip your nails. Yeah. I've got a button over there for sale. Trim your nails, trim your nails. You never know. This is why I'm surprised at like sudden like fisting on a date. You gotta check your nails first, right? Anybody else? That feels pretty comprehensive for a good time, you know? Like, also, fucking enjoy the journey. Don't try to jam it in. Like, that's not the point. Like, like no, it is the point. But, like, don't try, don't try to jam it in straight up. Like, just get ease your way into it. Don't, don't fucking hustle on that one. Okay. Um, oh. How can I feel less awkward and uncomfortable watching people have sex at clubs like Kit Kat? I know people say that I shouldn't worry and that these people don't mind, but I always feel like I'm doing something wrong by staring. Okay, okay. Uh, I will say this as someone who has been on the receiving end of stares in sex clubs. It is possible to stare the wrong way. It is possible to be a creeper and look at someone even while other people are staring and not being creepers. Like, it is possibly the same distance away from something that you're both looking at, and one in person is a creeper and one is not, okay? And I'm trying to think how I would describe that. One is, if you're wanking while you're watching them.
3: <laughs>
0: also, it's okay. At some parties, that is okay. But you want to look around, maybe, and see how the vibe is. If no one else is wanking and you're the only one wanking while you're watching someone, maybe don't wank, or ask them. You can also ask, I'd really love to watch intently, uh, can I pull up a seat here on the other side of the chain, or whatever. You can, you can definitely uh, uh, ask them if it seems appropriate. Uh, maybe like take a break every now and then. Don't sit there for half an hour. <laughs> Just move on and come back, and they'll be at a different stage. it will be, like, a whole new movie right there. Um, so, so, like, move along. Don't like, don't stand there intently for a half and, like, for a certain amount of time. Just, like, casually, you know? Or, or take, like, move back around. Like, don't just stand in one place, stock still, like you're seeing something you've never, ever heard of. Just, like, you know, be chill. Move around. And also, if you have, like, I would say, if you have someone in your life who you would... Would go to these clubs with, and they're gonna get involved with someone, then you can like talk to them and say, Can I watch you? Like, over the course of the evening, is it okay if I watch? And then just like slowly get like acclimatized to it a little bit, maybe. I hope that helps. We we
2: covered a few things, so. I'm sorry to disappoint all of you because this is not very much a sexual story. I think it's more of a horror story, uh, (laughs) if that's okay. Um, And I feel that the vibe is like, you know, get out the movie. I think most of you watch this movie. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of creepy right so uh, where I'm from I'm from South Brazil uh, and I don't know if you uh, how many here are Germans just to a lot you know there are lots of Germans in Brazil you you hear about that no so uh, you know outside of Germany is the place with more Germans in the world as far as I know there are like 5 million German 10 million Germans. they sounds something like that Uh, And I'm from this town that is very close to where they live because they live in these little cities that like There's one city that half a million people are blonde with blue eyes And and many of them are twins or something uh, But well uh, I've never been to these towns before and it was my first sexual experience in a German city So so I thought I I should share here because this is my first time telling a sexual story in Berlin so well, uh, I've never been to these towns, and uh, we had a break, so me and this partner, we decided to, you know, uh, in these towns, they, they have, like, really lush forests, or so I heard. It's kind of the Alps of Brazil, is how they describe it. And, and I learned that they brought even, like, trees from the Black Forest. <laughs> For reals. Like, like, I don't know where's the Black Forest, I didn't know, but, like, you know, they, they bring trees from there. Um, and it's kind of an expensive place, for Brazilian standards, of course, like five dollars a night or something, um, and we got this very nice hotel, and we went there with a friend of ours, uh, and we also wanted to do some LSD, I guess, you know. Um, so, so we went there, and it was like this kind of colonial German style, you know, house. It was very nice. Uh, we spent the first night there, and the other day in the morning, like, yeah, let's 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 do some tabs or something. And you know, like you, you, always do that mistake. You put a whole tab, and after 30 minutes, you're like, "Ah, it's not working." So let's do another one. No! I, I, I don't know if like it's a mistake or I do this on purpose just to justify doing two tabs because people might think it's too crazy, you know. So what I remember, what I remember is that I, I did the tabs, and we started going like really deep into this forest. That was far from the hotel, really deep. And at some point, we got to this waterfall. And it was so beautiful, and we got so fucking horny. And, and we started, like, fucking there, you know. And, and, like, it was just, like, you know, this public thing, in like, this beautiful waterfall. And we were, like, like super graphic. We, like, we never imagined that something could happen. Like, we, we, you know, we were so out of our mind that we were, like, just doing it, like, 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 like we were in the Garden of Eden or something, like, you know. And... and and at some point, I shit you not, like, we were, like, there. And there's this dude, like, two meters behind us. <laughs> and it was, like, a 190-meter blonde, blue-eyed dude, like, super strong. And I don't know how much time he was there, but in the beginning, I so, was like, I got, I really got scared and started, like, covering myself. What the fuck, man? What are you doing? And the guy, I, I don't know if he was there, like, for minutes watching or he wanted to join us. But he was, like, oh, you can't do this here or something. And then I realized, I realized, Fuck. Like what are we doing? (laughs) And and like we went back to the room, you know, and we were like feeling like super shitty about the situation, like we should leave this hotel maybe, now like I don't know, and and I remember like what do we do, like okay let's find another hotel, so I was like in this website trying to, to walk through this page and I don't remember how many hours to find another hotel, so we find this other hotel, I get a cab, I remember like trying to behave normally in the cab. And like, you know, when when you are in a paranoid situation, the worst thing that can happen to you is to be on acid because it becomes triple paranoid. So everything to me was kind of horrible. And I got into this other hotel for hours later, I think. I don't remember how much time, but I got there. And this is when it became like really creepy because they had like a lot of like Nazi paraphernalia in the lobby. And and I forgot to mention I'm Jewish. so, (laughs) And and of course, people cannot know that I'm Jewish, apart from the fact that I tattooed a Star of David in my middle finger. So, you know, I was kind of scared, but we we basically locked our doors, and we watched Family Guy for 18 hours until the shit (laughs) wore off. At some point, we got a call in those old phones, like, who's calling? And I... I pick up the phone and there's a guy from the hotel. Hey, you forgot to leave us the keys. I was like, how do they know where we are? (laughs) You know, how do they know that we're here? And I realized, well, this is a very small town (laughs) and everyone is very conservative. So, of course, three people fucking (laughs) in the fucking waterfall became the city story. And on the other day, I shit you not, we went to the bus station, which is like just like a little desk. I dropped the hotel key. I said, like, oh, this is the key from the hotel. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was waiting for this. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: uh, so they, so, I went out of the city, went back to the city. to, to my, my city is like, a, my city is kind of a big city, you know? Like, I was telling this story to a friend of mine. And he's like, oh, man, I've been in this hotel. The waterfall is right in front of the entrance.
3: Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> and
2: I was like, all right, now now I understand why the guy is like, so, so pissed uh, I saw that.
0: <laughs> and now everyone's gonna be googling that when we get home, like Waterfall South Brazil Germantown. Oh no. At first I was gonna be like, oh that just proves the rule about like making sure you give people space when you're watching them having sex. Uh, But then I'm like, no no, you were fucking in front of the hotel. You don't they have to pass you to get in the hotel. There's no room. Good lord.
1: That's amazing.
0: I lost my virginity right next to my best friend. We were sharing a tent, and she was super drunk and didn't see anything. Smiley face. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but like...
3: Your life is amazing.
0: Your life is awesome, and yet, yeah, yeah. Woo! Just make sure there's a bucket in the tent, is all I'm saying. um... A blowjob from a woman with long nails went awry. And caused me to end up injured. <laughs> Everyone went to their own private space without, I could hear it in the room. Mm, lots of ways I could go wrong. Okay. Uh, yes. One more. One more. Two more. Josh, now. Hmm. How can it be... I'm pretty sure this is a rhetorical question. How can it be that even as a person with a vulva, I was completely hashtag clueless the first time I got sexual with another vulva owner? I have come a long way since then. Smiley face with a wink. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sex ed's kind of shitty everywhere, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, they don't teach you lesbian sex. They don't teach you vulva sex at all. Anywhere. And they should. It's worth spending some time on. Um... That's so what she said. Um, dang. When my ex wife came out as a lesbian to my mother, my mother said, It could have been worse. It could have been drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> I mean, okay. God, moms are terrible sometimes.
3: <laughs>
4: I have a feeling that there is some places or some cities that they are perfect to be clueless. And this is a really, like, personal um, feeling. And for me, Berlin is the perfect city to be clueless. (laughs) How do I know this? Basically, my first day in Berlin was back in 2018. I came here 1st of September, and I didn't have a house. I didn't have like I didn't know anyone in the city. I didn't know anything. Basically, I thought, okay, what can I do this first night? I will sleep in the airport, and so I did. After that, the next day, on a Sunday, I found an apartment, and okay, I can stay the night there. What happened? I cried with the host. You can come to lift your bags if you want. So I get there, Uh, I say hi, and then I take my three bags, enter into the main building, and this person, instead of going up to the apartment, starts going down. What is happening? (laughs) Basically, he wanted me to leave my bags in, in, in the basement, but what happened? Have you ever seen a basement in Berlin?
3: <laughs>
4: I had no clue how it was going to be. So basically, he opens the door. It's in the darkness. And I can like try to see what is inside, that it was like a mountain of what it seems books and doors. And he told me, lift your bags here. And I was like, okay. I'm a people pleaser, so I'm never going to say no. (laughs) So I leave my bags there, and then I go to have breakfast. I went to the Circus Hostel in Rosenthaler Platz. It was a wonderful day, so I take my granola bowl, I sit outside, and did you know how many wasps there are in Berlin during summer? I had no clue. (laughs) So I'm sitting there, and a hundred wasps come to, like, Eat my fucking yoghurt. <laughs> there was not a hundred, probably three, but disclaimer, I'm allergic to, like, wasp bites. Oh. So I kind of have to fight, but I was able to finish. After that, my host cried me, like, hey, I'm in the park, if you want that, like, the keys of the apartment, come here. And he drops a pin. It was Mauer Park. Now you all think, like, oh, Mauerberg, on a Sunday, it was, like, wonderful. My first day in Berlin, I had no clue what was Mauerberg. I thought, this person is giving me the keys in a park. Today, I'm going to sleep without many organs, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) So I accept my destiny, and I go there being like, oh, I'm going to die today, but it's okay, because I'm in Berlin. No one knows. So I get there and I discover Park and he buys me like a beer, shows me like uh, the karaoke, everything. And it was wonderful and I fell in love with the city. And after like half an hour, he's like, hey, I'm going to clean the apartment, come back later. I I need the key because I forgot the other one. Okay, I stayed there a bit, chilling, blah, blah, blah. Enjoying the second hand market. Everything was like perfect. After one hour, I call him, he's not picking up. Fuck. Call him, call him, call him. He's not picking up. I go to the apartment. But of course, I arrived there and I have never seen, like, the ring bell. Oh, no. And there was, like, a bunch of names. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why don't you have, like, first, second, and, like, the letters? I didn't know which was his name, actually. So I'm like, calling, calling, calling. I, I don't know. I don't know. He's not picking up. After one hour and me sitting down in the streets of Berlin crying, my phone reached 2% battery. But suddenly, (laughs) ring, ring, hi. Hey, Marcos, are you down? Yes, I'm here. Can you open me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was taking a shower and I forgot to put my phone to charge. I was like, oh. I thought you were, you were scamming me and you were, like, taking my joy because you saw me the wonders of Berlin and then you took everything. <laughs> <laughs> However, I entered into the apartment, I lie down in bed and I thought, oh my god, I was like, I had no fucking clue of what was happening today, but I felt like Berlin was the perfect place. To having no fucking clue, and that moment is when I realized that Berlin was going to be my home.
3: Aww. Aww. Oh, okay. right. it's a little love
0: story to Berlin, because Berlin can really try to top your ass, yes. you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Merciless bitch that she is. What is an appropriate slash acceptable way to flirt with someone at their workplace if you do not also work there? For example, you find the waiter attractive. The answer is you never flirt with them. You never initiate flirting. I'm sorry. I know that there are going to be love stories that started like that. I know that everyone's got an exception in their lives. But, like, you cannot risk it because the person who is working there has to be nice to you. You do not know what the fuck is going on. That is my rule here in this room. Like, please do not hit on people in their workplaces if you don't work there. Even if you do work there, you might want to give it a think and take a look at the org chart before you go too far. But, like... You cannot hit on someone. It's entirely possible if you're just nice and nice and you tip well um, that they will pass you their number. That can happen, but it will not happen if you start aggressively flirting with them. Um, Just don't risk it. It's bad. It's bad politics. It's just don't. Just don't. That's the answer. Thanks. I know sometimes I have to say things that aren't particularly, aren't particularly sexy. Like, I, I know everyone wants to be like, let's go for it. Yeah, follow your bliss. It's like, yeah, but there are, like, real, like, political and economic and, and gender problems to deal with here. So just, I don't want everyone to think I'm a wet blanket. Like, fucking go for it if it's all good. But, like, let them make the move on you. Okay.
5: In the Code of Conduct, we learned that uh, parents are a good place to boo. <laughs> I want to make a case against it, and want to tell about my parents, in particular my dad, the gynecologist. Wow. Um, my dad is my gynecologist, oh, wow. and that is the reaction I get <laughs> every time I tell that. But you need to understand, you come home as someone, my mom is also a doctor, she's a kid's doctor, a pediatrician is I think the English word. Um, this is normal. You come home and you tell your parents, I got a scratch here. And they go like, great, go on the bed, open your legs, let me check this. And then the funniest thing is if they disagree on the diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're there, legs wide open, while they fight at the door being like, powder, no cream, no powder, no cream. And you're like, "Ah, this is still itchy. Having parents as doctors comes with their problems. Like when my sister got the very conservative boyfriend home and my super beautiful first dinner, everyone is happy. And then on, uh, suddenly my dad changes into gynecologist mode and goes like, oh, by the way, is the sex still hurting? And my sister goes like, no, no, the cream really works. And my uh, uh, now uh, brother-in-law like vanished under the table. <laughs> But this story is about me and this story is about when I moved now to Berlin and I have this like very open conversation with my parents And then it's about my mom wanting to bring some stuff home and she goes like, oh, yeah uh, You need to bring this like thing. Where is it? Oh, it's next to my bedside table. Oh, great I checked this thing. By the way, should we bring your toys to Berlin? And I go like, oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Like, they're just, like, getting full of dust here. You should have them.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Very useful. My girlfriend uses them now. <laughs> the other problem was, though... Um... It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> the other pro- uh, The other beautiful moment was when I uh, got chlamydia here, or thought so. So I did the good thing about going to uh, a new gynecologist here to get tested because I didn't have yet the addresses of the places where I can get this for free. So there was, and I wasn't ungemelded here yet, so I, the letter arrived at my parents' home and my dad, obviously, saw it and texted me. I was like, there's a letter from your Krankenkasse. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> yes, yes, just send it to me. I'll pay for it. No, 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 I can pay for it. I opened it. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I can pay for it. This is fine. Um. Did you really think you had AIDS? <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't. But if you're in a polyamorous relationship and you do these things, it's really, like, polite to get all of the things tested. This is, like, really nice. Oh, yeah, okay, but, uh, you know, this is, this, this is expensive. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that there were addresses yet for, like, places. I'm like, oh, there are addresses? I thought they were just for people of some certain professions. And <laughs> I was like, no, actually, everyone can go. And this is the good thing of my, by, about my dad. He then said, Oh, everyone can go. Do these places exist in Cologne too? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: because I would love to send my patients there so they don't have oh. to pay for it. Yeah. Thank you for my story.
0: Yes, I'll grant you the exception in this case. Because <laughs> generally parents are bad news for sex stuff, but like, yeah. Um, so you were embarrassed that your mom found your sex toys? I wouldn't have thought you would have like, picked up embarrassment in that environment, but you did, eh? Yeah. Maybe you caught it from Berlin.
3: Maybe.
0: Maybe okay. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm a 24-year-old twink. Way to stay anonymous here, all right? (laughs) I'm a 24-year-old twink. I have a sex sex slave who calls me daddy while I top him. He's 42. (laughs)
3: Age
0: is just the number. (sighs) Oh. My libido is way higher than my partner's. I love having sex with him, but I also don't want to be too pushy. What can, I, what can I do? Um. Okay. Okay. So, as always, or as almost always, it starts out with having a conversation. Like you've got to have a little communication talk on that one, and 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 if you haven't already, um, and. Find out if this is something that wants to be changed, like if that 's something that that he wants to change, uh, you want to check into possible medical factors. This is not just necessarily someone 's mind but also hormones uh, could be if, if they want to change right there are a number of different things it could be um, taking meds, certain meds really interfere with your libido. Um, so you want to check out all those options if your partner wants to change. Um, if they don't want to change, then you have another conversation happening where it's like, I need to, I have needs and I want to do, take care of my needs. Um, and that's a different conversation. Uh, I don't want to say, like, I want to say just up front, like, yes, open relationships could help or they could not. You should really not look at open relationships as a solution necessarily to everything that's going on in your relationship. All right. But that could be an option to consider. Um, and you can also like you can also just ask when you want to ask like you're going to have to decide that for yourself does this feel pushy but just asking is not pushy just asking and saying like, okay, I don't want to be pushy, but I'm going to, I'm going to check in with you every now and then. Is that okay? And then say, you know, I'm feeling, I would really like to touch your dick tonight. Like that's, that, that's just like, sometimes they just need that little bit of encouragement. Like I go through phases in my life where I'm not feeling horny at all. But if someone tells me, baby, I want to get in your pants, I'm like, whoosh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> right? So it's like reactive arousal, right? It's like when someone tells you they want you, then suddenly it's like, yeah, baby, I could hit that. But before that, I wasn't thinking about it at all okay so you don't know that's something to try also just like let them know uh, and and find out from them when is it okay to check in with them uh, about that and say i still think you're hot can't Mm." and then but again if this is an ongoing pattern where it's like no then you definitely have to have a deeper conversation there's my advice thank you
3: okay Yeah. yeah
0: This is what I've been telling you all along. The best way to get information out about sex and relationships is to bury it in some good, old-fashioned, anonymous fuck-bucketing. This is how it happens here at Smutslam. We are so glad you were along for that one. And I want to take a moment to thank the folks who make Smutslam in Berlin particularly possible. First of all, the admin team, Mark kit and lithe, pulling it in and keeping it strong. Now, during the summer, they're doing, especially overtime, uh, keeping our Garden Slams happening while I am on tour. So if you are in the Berlin area, make sure you stop by and, and check us out at the Garden Slams, uh, third Mondays of every month. But I also want to thank our indoor slam partner, Crack Belmore, their club located in the heart Of Berlin And they love us We love them It's fantastic Our prize sponsors In Berlin Also Other nature um, They provide Trans Friendly um, sex worker-friendly, vegan, eco feminists like all the good stuff is part of their offerings in, in Berlin. So do check them out as well. And finally, I wanted to thank Jessica, uh, Jess up there at Smart Slam Reykjavik, while we're waiting for that to relaunch. Jess has been doing a lot of work for us behind the scenes, getting the timestamps in and otherwise processing all these recorded Recordings from different slams it makes producing Your Life is Awesome so much easier so thanks Jess thanks so much for that we'll let you know about some upcoming slams on August 7th it's my birthday also it's a smut slam here in Calgary where I'm located right now uh, on August 8th the Boston Smut slam is happening there at Somerville Armory Cafe. On August 21st, it's Berlin and again outdoor slam, guest hosted by Angela Cole. And on the 23rd and the 29th, we've got two slams happening back-to-back in Israel. The 23rd is in Pardes Hana, and on the 29th, we've got a slam happening in Haifa. I just need to let you know that those last two are taking place in Hebrew. But if you know people who want to get their smut that way, this is the prime time right there for it. Uh, if you are interested in my shows personally— Do check out CameronMooreMuse.com For all the news and updates About how my summer tour of Canadian Fringes is going Here's a spoiler It's going great Um, Right now, as I said, I'm in Calgary And I'll be running six shows here Through August 12th And then after that I go on to The Edmonton Fringe Festival For shows between August 19th and the 27th This is for my show Muse and experiment in storytelling and life drawing where I am the naked one and the audience members are the ones sketching me in charcoal it's fantastic, you should check it out that's it uh, for now I feel like that's plenty Uh, keeps you you paying attention here during the summer months I hope you're having a great time this summer staying cool or staying dry whatever you need to do to be comfortable and uh, wherever you are whatever you're
6: doing remember, your life is awesome See you next time. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seystedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing the show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to podcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about Smutslam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to Smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.